not every dog can be a service dog and not every service dog is for every person. In this episode, you'll hear from Cynthia, IT lead analyst, and Sharon, clinical research assistant, as they share their experiences with having service dogs. How did you get started with your service dog? It actually started with me breaking up with my boyfriend, which sounds bad, but it's really good because I got Milo. Um, I knew with my diabetes, even having 60 years of experience with it, I needed some help. And... My sisters told me about service dogs that I applied and I eventually got Milo. How about you, Cynthia? I had a little different path to getting a service dog. My sister has a disability and we had planned to get her a service dog and chose the route of training your own. I helped with the training starting about five years ago. And then about three years ago, I started as a volunteer with the organization, helping with the training of service dogs in some of the classes and helping when somebody falls behind in a class, you always have somebody else that can come alongside and keep the others up or or help give pointers. So that became my role, helping out in the classes and supporting the others with the training. And then two years ago, I was introduced to Claire and it was love at first sight. (laughs) We started training together and she's helping me with an invisible disability that's she's been fantastic tell us about your experience with your service dog i could start with milo's history i got him from an organization up in the cities and they provided two-week training program so i got a motel went up to the cities and spent two weeks learning about him and learning about caring for him and all his 200 commands And we went to Mall of America and we went out to restaurants and movies and went on the shuttle. So it was a very busy two weeks. But Milo was trained at prison. For Claire, she was donated to the service dog trainer that I work with because she had been returned to the breeder and the breeder didn't want to place her and and had heard about us and volunteered to give us Claire. She had some issues we worked through with the training. That was why they had returned her. We both really meshed well. We had personalities that worked well together. We've been training Claire for several years and I do have a professional trainer assisting with that. So that's not just me choosing to do that training, but it's also working with a group and learning activities and and learning how to teach those 200 commands. It's been quite the journey. But the fun thing with that is it built the relationship even stronger. She's only about three and a half years old, but she is able to do the steps I need and help me out. It's been a great experience. My major task she does is balance, counterbalance. So if I get unsteady. She is supporting me so that I'm able to walk more easily. A cane is great, but as soon as you start to tilt, the cane would go with you instead of against you, whereas a dog naturally leans the other way. And so that counterbalance effort has been tremendous. With this training group, I get to see different disabilities like diabetes, for psychiatric disorders, for PTSD, for hearing assistance, for mobility assistance. It's been fun to learn what they can do. And how has your service dog impacted your work life? I'm really an introvert, but Milo helps me be an extrovert because especially when we were working on campus, his skill as a service dog comes through his nose. That's why labs are great for diabetic assist dogs. I can let people pet Milo. Always ask, but Milo's not going to lose his concentration and his job 
while he's being petted. It's so fun walking to clinic and seeing kids run across the street to see him. So it's really fun to talk about him and diabetes and educate people. He's changed my life immensely. Because my disability is not visible. I wasn't sure I wanted to have a dog at work to make that limitation visible to everybody. And then when I was in the process of training Claire, I ran into an experience where I was literally walking to my car and I got halfway there and it was late in the day. There was no cars in the parking lot. And I had an episode of dizziness hit me and I was not sure physically how to make it to my car without falling. There was nothing to grab. I'm just stopped dead for about five, 10 minutes in the middle of a parking lot, trying to figure out how to make it the last block and a half to my car. At that point, it hit me that if I'd had Claire, I would have been fine because she would have balanced. It was the tipping point for me in bringing her along with me. She's given me confidence. I'm an introvert too. So making me have those conversations because everybody wants to talk about a dog with these episodes, she gives me confidence again. So I'm, I'm comfortable taking longer walks where there might not be something to grab and I'm comfortable going upstairs and all those kind of things. It's been wonderful to have her help bring me around. What should people without service dogs know when they're around service dogs and their owner from your perspective? Ask before you touch them. Some people, dogs like Milo, they're fine with it. Other people, seeing eye dogs, they need to concentrate on what they're doing. You can't be distracting them. And I try to keep Milo away from other service dogs because I don't want to distract those dogs from doing their job. For me, the biggest thing has been, as you said, ask the owner first before you do anything. But I had an awesome experience recently where I was in a medical procedure and someone said, okay, you have a dog. What should I be watching for from the dog? Not just what should you do with the dog, but what should I be looking for? That was amazing. I was able to say, oh, she doesn't alert. She helps with this. And I'll tell you if I need anything. But thank you for asking. The two other things I think about is recognize there are disabilities that you don't see and that may not be comfortable talking about. And the dog can be making a tremendous difference. They might not see the task. Those aren't always visible to someone who's not trained to work with a service dog. And the last thing I wanted to share is it's not poor Claire. She's working all day with me. She loves resting at my feet and she knows that she's with me all day. And then when she gets to help me with the task, she gets really excited. And then when we're at home and I don't necessarily have her invest, she is spoiled rotten. So they love every aspect of this. And, and so it's not a poor puppy to be thinking of. It's a wonderful thing that they can do and be our partners. Milo's vest said he's a diabetic assist dog. So it's right out there in the open. What recommendations would you have for someone who's curious about getting a service animal? Remember that it's 24 seven, that dog's with you all the time. And you're basically one-handed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> But they're great. People love dogs. So you got to be ready to interact with people a lot. For me, I think about the disability and the task you'd want from that dog. And um, if you're able to care for a dog, because they're still dogs, they still require um, emotional care, physical care, the finances of handling the, the grooming and the 
the vet bills. And then when you look at getting into them, be careful who you work with because there's two reputable types. There's the ones that teach how to train like my group is doing and they have one set of fees and there's the ones that say, oh, here's a dog and I will place it with you like you chose and you have that training period. But I've heard several people say, oh yeah, I took my dog to training and they trained him for three weeks and he's all trained and he's a service dog and service dogs take 600 hours. They learn one to 200 commands. A service dog is different than a really well-trained dog. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Check it out before you get it. And once you do have your service dog, remember the two questions people can legally ask is, does that dog provide a service for you? And what service is that? That's all they can ask. Yes. And I was so pleased to see the uh, Mayo policy that was written that was fully in compliance with those questions and that guided people in the right way. They're not required to have papers that say they're a service dog. They're not even required to wear a vest. That's options that many of us use because it makes it so visible and so distinctive, but that's not a requirement. Claire wears a harness that has a big handle on it so she can help me out. I can thank that different businesses. Thank you. Thank you for wearing a vest. Then other yes. customers know. <laughs> My trainer and I talk about how we go in and we want to show what a service dog should do when there's lots of fake service dogs out there that go because their owners want to take their dog with them. And I respect the relationship with the dogs, but it can put a real service dog at risk because if your dog in public doesn't have the training and doesn't respect my dog, a bite or an attack could throw me off balance. I could fall. It could make yours not respond to diabetes. And it can also mean that one of our dogs could not do their job appropriately later because they're scared. So it's real important to keep that safe environment. Yes, I mean, when we're, we're out and about, my family's gotten used to waiting on whoever has a service dog because we'll walk into a store or a restaurant and somebody will say, oh, tell me more about this. And there's the occasional ones where they're not supportive of a dog and you have to explain your rights yeah. and you have to explain your ability to access the area with the dog. But there's so many opportunities to share the amazing things that dogs do now. Reflect on their conversation. What is your experience with individuals having service animals? Consider sharing with a colleague or comment below.